Welcome to this special episode of the Queen's Pitch Podcast. Today, Bridget and I had the opportunity to interview Andrew Privet, current center back and midfielder for Charlotte FC. So it's been a wild but memorable year for you from getting picked up in the draft to moving up through Crown Legacy to the first team and then playing in the League's Cup. So what have been some of your favorite or unforgettable moments? Of course, the debut in Montreal was a really cool moment. Getting more minutes subbing in in the first half, which was not expected at all. I had an idea that I was going to get minutes that game, but just had no idea it would come so soon, which I think was a blessing in disguise. Playing well in that game and, of course, moving forward. You had first start after that League's Cup in Dallas, which was also a great experience. One that I won't forget. And then moving forward all the way to that Miami game, playing against... Well, you know, Messi in Miami, definitely a game that I would have never thought I would play in, let alone in my sixth professional game here for the first team. So that was just a very cool experience. Despite the result, of course, you want to have a story where you say you beat Messi the first time you played him in your rookie season. Didn't happen that way, but let alone a very cool experience in itself. We know you started out as a midfielder. That's what you're, you know, you, you were trying to be when the coaches and and you started talking about okay maybe you can be a cb did you imagine that only a couple months later you'd be starting you know on the as a you're an integral part of that back line now i don't even know if we could do it without you (laughs) but did you ever imagine that even you know within six games there you are you're like a starter now i never really thought it would turn out that way but ever since i got here really from the start with the second team with crown legacy they kind of threw me at center back from the very start. And I think going from a midfielder, a more defensive midfielder, kind of makes the transition a little bit easy. Although I've never played that position prior to to being here in Charlotte. In college, I was always more on the attacking side of a midfield role. But ever since you know transitioning into that role, it's, it's felt really natural. My vision as a midfielder, translate into that position where I can see the whole field and uh, really pick passes. And then the learning curve has been playing that new position where you're kind of last in that last line of defense and just kind of the the little details in that position. I know when I'm watching you, because I know that you're, you know, you have that midfield. So I'll be like, look, Privet's coming up. He's going to score for us. And then he's got to get all the way back, you know, just to, to blocking it. But you do, you're like, I'm like, he kicked it out of bounds. That's what we always teach our kids. If you can't get back, kick it out of bounds. So it's always fun watching you because I'm like, when's he going to score? Because I know he's going to do it, you know. So I enjoy watching that. So for those who of our listeners who are just learning about you, can you tell us a little bit about your soccer journey and kind of how you ended up here? Yeah. Like most stories, I grew up just kind of kicking a little ball when I was really young, probably when I was three or four. I know my parents have a picture of me with a little inflatable ball in, a, in our basement with the concrete walls, and I'm just kicking it around. So that was earliest memory, at least for my parents. Not so much for me, but it's cool to look back at that picture. And then I'm just kind of working through the ranks, played travel soccer, not serious, and then was picked up by a somewhat local team. Baltimore base that was a much higher level than travel and really started traveling across states and, and playing at a higher level. And that transitioned into really starting to get college looks when that became Baltimore Salt. It had a very good team that had a lot of guys go division one, 
to some very good schools. And that brought me to Penn State, where I grew a lot as a player, playing a lot of different positions, definitely growing as an adult, um, also as a leader. Uh, I think I took a very big step in becoming a leader through my college years. Um, and I think that's helped me grow and mature. And then, of course, into the draft that brought me here to Charlotte and just kind of had the ground running and then trying to play with no regrets and kind of just make the most of it. And it's, it's turned out in my favor for sure. Especially when you were like drafted 69th, I think it said. And then next thing you know, you're starting CB. So all within the same year. Yeah, it is. It is a very wild journey, but it's, it's been fun. It's been really, really fun um, to go through all this. So what drew you to Charlotte FC other than them drafting you, which, you know, that helps when they were going to pay you to come here. But what also drew you to Charlotte? Yeah, it was actually the team I was hoping I would get picked up by, which is pretty cool. Me and my me and my dad were very pumped up to see my name pop up under Charlotte in the third round because I know they drafted quite a few guys that also did pretty well last year. So I was hopeful they would do that again, really have good interest in the draft and their college guys. And that seems true this year as well. And then also just, I'm not a huge city person coming from Northern Maryland, Hartford County area. So I didn't really want to go to a big city like New York or anything. I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. And Charlotte's kind of got that perfect city feel that doesn't feel too much like a city. You can walk around pretty easily. Traffic's not bad. Um, A little bit more mellow. It's got a younger younger population. So I really enjoyed that feel to it. That's great. And what are some of your favorite things about Charlotte that you've discovered? In my free time, I love golfing. So there's a lot of golf courses to choose from that are too far. You can get out and just kind of play a little bit of golf and not too good, but I do enjoy it. Calming. And then just kind of relaxing. I'm fortunate enough to have pool where I'm at. So just kind of relaxing there and then just trying new restaurants and stuff either downtown or south end or just outside the city i'm um, just trying new spots and exploring a little bit i'm going to switch up the lineup and i'm going to ask you because you're talking about food so like if you could have any food that you want and it's not on your nutritional list so the nutritionists don't listen what food would you like if you had a perfect off day like what would you go out and eat what would you say i'm going to eat this for sure for like uh, a dinner or anything what's your gluttonous like what's your gluttonous meal oh <laughs> I think just my favorite thing to kind of like pig out on would just be a really, just a big steak, nice steak with some good mashed potatoes. So it's like the best combo to me. And then I'd probably treat myself with either like a brownie and ice cream or brownie and uh, apple pie. That's kind of my uh, guilty pleasure for dessert. Okay, for a northern boy, you're definitely eating southern foods. Those are my go-tos. I make a mean apple pie at Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> And so I guess since we're in the food vein, I'm just going to continue there. What's your favorite home-cooked meal? And my mom would always make a cream tuna over biscuits. And that was like a, a really nice meal that I would always love to see her make. Something that I would have, she would make a ton of it, and I'd probably have it for three, four days continuously. Lunch, dinner, didn't matter. I've never had that, but there's your northern side coming out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but you smile when you talk about it, and I love it. Um, because you can feel it. It makes you feel good. Definitely my favorite from cooking meal and my family. 
we'll just keep on the subject of some of your favorite things. So, like, if you have a day off, are you going to watch soccer? Are you watching soccer if you are? Are you still watching Chelsea? I know you wore the Chelsea. You liked Chelsea back in the day, but my daughter wants to know, who do you like now? Well, Chelsea, unfortunately, we're not doing too well with everything going on. I'm not having too much success. So it's been tough as a Chelsea fan. But I will, especially on Saturday, Sundays, with the morning Premier League games, watching Chelsea and just watching that entire league. I just love sitting for a couple hours, big breakfast, coffee, and just watching all the games for the morning, just being nice and lazy on the couch. And then hopefully that leads into uh, some afternoon golf. That sounds lovely, although I don't play golf. But <laughs> do you have a game day ritual that you do? I don't really have any specific rituals. Just kind of like a regular, like, I guess, pregame meal. It's just always like a big breakfast, a lot of sitting around, and usually a, a walk with a coffee just to get out and do something. Otherwise, I get too tired just sitting around, but I do try and lay low. I don't really like talking or socializing with anyone. I like to keep to myself, and I guess I, <laughs> my family would call me pretty grumpy on game days, waiting up to it, um, easily bothered, so I kind of just keep to myself, and then just have chicken and rice with a little bit of pasta as well before every game so it's kind of the the routine i try and move by for each game don't try and change it up too much we understand that that's the psychology right there i like the chicken and rice deal i like Mm -hmm. that i have to tell my daughter about that maybe she can start doing that before her well her soccer games are at 9 15 in the morning so we probably shouldn't be chicken and rice in it that early no (laughs) so you say your parents come to like every game that they can Especially since you're starting, how what is that? What type of impact does that have on you? Does it make you play better, or does it make you more nervous, or is it just calming that they? Oh, my parents are here. Yeah, it's calming to say it's just nice to have them around and knowing that they're always there, whether they're in the stadium, home or away. They've been traveling all over, or watching from home. I know they're always tuning in, so it's really nice to have them support me through ups and downs. But now, of course. Being at an all-time high, they're still right there. Of course, they're super happy for me. They're just kind of enjoying the ride with it as well. It's nice to make them proud. I know I am, and they, they tell me a lot, so it needs the world. What is the best piece of advice through this process that I guess your your family has given you? A lot of it was stay patient. Kind of just wait for your opportunity. Don't try and be someone you're not, which I think goes a long way. Where sometimes you can overlook the fact that you're not in the position you want to be. Of course, you want to be in that first team from the from the jump, and sometimes you have to wait for, for your opportunity to come your way. So I just stay patient and also just play my game, knowing that when the opportunity comes, my game will kind of take the opportunity. So just kind of staying true to myself and not trying to be someone or, the, or a player that I'm not. You do seem very humble. I like that about you, too. When we're... We're at the Legacy Games or anytime we meet you anywhere, you're just such a humble player. And the people that listen, especially like my daughter and her daughter that look up to you, you're now becoming like a role model. And so how has that affected you? How does that make you feel? And what would you? What kind of advice would you give them if they're dreaming about becoming the next Andrew Privet? I'm grateful to be called a role model, that's for sure. I try to be for sure all the time. But I, th- I think the biggest thing is just Working hard and also a big thing since I was young is something my dad would always say is like, you never know who's watching. 
So every game that you play, regardless of what level, you just never know who may be on the sideline, who may be in the stadium watching you. And that can end up opening however many doors to down so many different pathways, whether that's getting into college or moving into a different league or getting a new contract, whatever it may be. You just never know who's watching. And I think that's gone all the way to never, never take a day off, never take a practice off, always giving your 100% that day, whatever you can give. I think you also are a role model because a lot of kids come up in soccer and they're playing a certain position. So they play midfield or they play striker. But then you were willing to, when you came on, they said, hey, look, we got this new position for you. And you're like, okay, I'm going to make the best out of this and I'm going to do it at my 100%. And then you become, you know, you showed kids that you don't always have to be set in stone. What you did, you can also, you know, change and become something else. Just trust the people that are around you and buy into it and give it your all. And I think, I mean, that's just great. That's goes to just kind of doing whatever the team needs, putting the team first. There was moments where I was like, oh, I can't be playing this position. This isn't me. But then it's kind of transformed into a little bit of love for the center back position. I was kind of learned to, to love it a little bit. And now I'm truly enjoying it. So and you're making it your own. Yeah, we really noticed that you've stepped up into like, I know you were saying before, which is a fantastic interview on Crown Corner with Willie P and Jessica. You were saying how you were watching what DJ was doing, just adapting that and watching him to know what you needed to do. But I mean, I would say that that's exactly what we've seen you do through the last month of playing. You've been so solid and it's just been really amazing to see. So you've gotten some favors from us <laughs> <laughs> for how well you've been doing and, and just how solid you've been, even under these high pressure situations, game after game after game. I think our listeners might be getting tired of me because I'm like, this week I'm giving my favor to Andrew Privet. <laughs> and again, Andrew Privet. <laughs> so you know, we definitely love it. We And we're we're big we're big proponents of if you work hard and you're going to get out there and you give it your 100, you're going to make mistakes. That's just a given. But you you make your mistakes and you get up and you shake it off and you keep going. And that's that's just something that's, I think it's it's learned, but also it has to be from it within too. So. Absolutely. I do. Yeah. And so we've also seen that some of our other leaders, Ashley's been speaking to you, we know, and Scott Arfield have been saying, you know, encouraging you when that just things happen in games. Has there been any, like a favorite saying or from a coach or teammate that stayed with you or just a teammate from Charlotte FC who's just been really encouraging you? Just from the teammate side, no real one phrase from them, but just the veterans in the team, like you said, Ashley, Scott Arfield, DJ, uh, as an older guy, playing that kind of same role. I've just been great mentors and also a deal, even though it's hard to believe he's younger than me, but just with a little bit more experience in overseas and being a true defender, whether it's in the game, practice, off the field. Just little bits of advice and, and encouragement. It goes a long way in, in my confidence. But they've been great. They've been true blessings this season to me. Um, and I'm really grateful for them because it's it's meant a lot to me and it's really out my game this year as well. And I think going into the Miami game, our assistant coach said a, a great line. He said, play the game, not the occasion. So going up against Messi, you can kind of get starstruck. But I think it was a good little piece of, or a little quote to settle him down a little bit and kind of basically just to tell me like it's another game. Just 
keep doing what you're doing. Like don't change just because you're playing playing messy. So um, I think that helped me in that game for sure. I like that because that was, that was the thing I was worried about with y'all playing that y'all are playing against the greatest, one of the greatest soccer players of all time. And it's, you're going to be a little starstruck because that's who you grew up watching. You know, I'm starting from just seeing David Beckham on the sideline, you know, so I get it. <laughs> I get it. But you, you know, it wasn't the, probably the result that you wanted with them scoring, but you did really great. And I, I looked at your stats. You had 44 passes in that game, which, hey, that's, you know, that's that's big. That's your midfield coming out, by the way. <laughs> but you did you did a great job. So, and you get to beat them two more times. It'll be okay. You're going to talk that into existence. We're going to wrap this up with something fun. So the question around Charlotte is tea or coffee? Uh, I'm not a huge enthusiast on it, but I got my own little Keurig in, in the apartment that I, uh, that I use quite a bit. So definitely the coffee guy. Well, thank you for um, talking with us. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, Donna. It was lovely to meet you and good luck for the rest of the season. You know, we're, we are definitely cheering for you as well as the rest of the team. And we're just so proud of what you've done so far in the last, you know, two months that you've been playing with the first team, especially. And, you know, absolute good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. I appreciate that. Pleasure to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. And when you get that goal, just know we called it. We're going to be going nuts. We'll be screaming. Oh, we'll be coming soon. If you're interested in reading more about Andrew, you can check out Carol Walton with the Charlotte Ledger. She did a recent piece uh, that featured Andrew, and Top Bin 90 did as well. And of course, thank you to Charlotte FC for allowing us the opportunity to interview and get to know Andrew a little bit. Thank you for joining us today. As always, thank you for listening. We love you and we appreciate you. Have a great week. Yeah.